Leslie Kelly grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan. When she finished high school and left home, she had no desire to come back to the farm. After time in the corporate world, she came back to the farm, originally spending time with a foot in both worlds. That is the inspiration for her blog and social media presence, High Heels and Canola Fields, through which she talks about farming and farm life. She is my guest in this episode. My name is Mike von Massow, and this is the Food Focus Podcast. Leslie and I talk about her family farm and her advocacy for agriculture and the challenges that come with it. We talk about the mental health crisis in agriculture and her advocacy and openness about her family's own challenges. She is the co-founder of Do More Ag, a resource for mental health support. I think you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Before we get to this episode, I want to thank you again for listening. Uh, I'm gratified that our audience continues to grow. If this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, uh, you can find other episodes wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other platforms. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a review. It helps others find us and helps us to grow. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get straight to my conversation with Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to have a conversation. I've, I've seen some of your things. I spent some time on your blog uh, and uh, I, I'm, looking, uh, I'm looking forward to our chat. So to start, tell me a little bit about, your, about the farm, your, your, where you're at and, and what you do. Yeah, I uh, farm with my husband and my brother on a 7,000 acre grain farm just south of Saskatoon. Coming up for this year, we'll be growing canola and wheat and lentils. But uh, in other years, we've also expanded and have grown barley and oats and canary seed and, yeah, a few other um, different types of crops. Interesting to hear lentils. Canada is one of the world's largest producers of pulses. We produce uh, pulses for, for countries across the world, and I think it's something that not a lot of people have, have, a, have an understanding of that, that we produce in Western Canada. Yeah, it's such a great crop to add into our rotation. And also, it's so great to see how uh, markets have evolved and expanded for us to have the opportunity to grow such an incredible crop. Well, it's, it's and it's nice, too, to have some diversification of risk. I think people don't always have a good understanding, not only of the of the value of having different crops to rotate for the for the health of the soil and the management of, of weeds, but also uh, price risk that you've got diverse markets that that allow you to uh, to really uh, manage your revenue risk as well. Yeah, you hit it right there. It's uh, a great addition to to the farm in terms of the price, but also just how incredible it is. It puts nitrogen back into the soil. Um, so it really, um, it's such a great part of the farm and um, what we grow. So did I read correctly that you also do uh, a value-added product based on your barley that you grow on your farm as well? That's something that we're seeing emerge more and more as as farmers try to find ways to to add value and and again diversify their markets yeah we started uh, our own snack food company 
shortly after I was out of university, my dad, uh, he really had um, a forward positive lens and he was always looking at different opportunities, different ways to diversify the farm, to grow. And he met a scientist who had developed a product uh, using barley as a snack food. So he came to me and said, hey, I got this great idea, and would you be interested? And being the marketer uh, in the family, I thought, what a great opportunity to learn more about agriculture, of what happens to a crop after it leaves the farm. So I got to learn from scientists and retailers and distributors. And and the best part was hearing from consumers, being part of trade shows and at stores and, and selling something that I made or our family made and hearing their questions and their feedback. So uh, we did that for about eight years and had grown the business to a point where uh, I was at the point of expanding into large um, retailers like Loblaws. And we were having, my husband and I were having our, our family. So we made the decision to take a pause and focus on the family and also growing the farm in terms of our our grain farm. So hopefully in the future, we'll uh, continue that opportunity. And it was called Martin Munchies. My maiden name is uh, Martin. And so tell me a little bit about the product. So what do you make from barley? I'm intrigued. Yeah, it was such a cool product. So it was um, a little bit of rice krispies and then micronized barley. So there is a company in Saskatoon called Infrared Products where they heated the barley using infrared and it didn't change the nutritional value of the barley, but it provided or it gave it a really nutty uh, flavor. And so we made it into um, clusters. There were sweet and salty clusters uh, similar to um, a granola bar bar or um, some chips. Oh, very cool. So that, that, that's exciting. I think it's something we're seeing more and more. But as you say, it's 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 sometimes tough to balance sort of the many roles we have, a growing farm, uh, a growing family uh, and and those things. So I, I teach business planning and farm planning. And so I think it's important to sort of say what's important to us. What can we do and what can we do well and focus on those things? What is your role on the farm? Oh, my role has changed so much in the past uh, few years. I um, actually, when I graduated from university, I didn't have any aspirations to be involved in the farm or to be a farmer, but my husband, he he didn't grow up on the farm, but his family, his uncle had a farm and he just loved it. And he wanted, that's what he wanted to do in life. And his, his passion for it really inspired me and it rejuvenated my spirits. And I also, I took my first job out of university and it was working directly with farmers and hearing their stories um, really helped me have a different lens of wanting to be involved in agriculture. So my husband and I moved back to the farm about eight years ago after we were living in Alberta and I had a marketing career. I worked for ATB Financial out in Alberta and then Farm Credit Canada. And then uh, we made the decision to move back to the farm to farm full time. I had been away from the farm for such a long time. I really had a, a steep learning curve. So I started to 
uh, dive right into where I could use my skills. And that was in the succession and the transition process. So really taking the stuff I had learned from my corporate job, applying that to the business. And then unfortunately, my dad passed away here this summer. So uh, again, my role changed. And now I'm involved a lot on the financial aspects. I'm the financial officer, the bookkeeper, and uh, been learning from him all on the marketing side, the business side, and have a, a leadership role on the farm. And then I also, uh, that's probably more day to day. And then during the busy times of the year, I'm the gopher on the farm. So I go for everything. I go for food. I go for parts. Uh, when we are short uh, staffed, uh, I, I volunteer as tribute and I'm either harrowing or rolling. I'm also on the grain cart or the combine. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can just to be that person that uh, can hop in and, and do things when uh, my family needs me. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear about your father. I know, I know that's tough. And, and, and it sounds like you guys had spent some time thinking about succession, which, uh, which is lucky and, and, and critically important. I, I also think it's important that people don't always understand the diverse roles and responsibilities and things that have to happen on the farm. I think, you know, many people have this romantic picture of a farmer of sitting on a tractor and, and, and doing it, but there is the financial element. There is the planning element, planning rotations, thinking about what we can sell, whether we're contracting in advance or finding markets for products afterwards, that farms are complex businesses and it's, and uh, you can play an, an incredibly important role in the farm and never actually step foot in the field. That's so true. Um, even when we first started to be more involved in the farm, I was in Regina. So the only way I could really be involved was uh, coming to the farm on the weekend or participating in our meetings uh, via conference. So um, for me, it was, uh, I had a steep learning curve. I still have a very steep learning curve. And sometimes I'm, I'm afraid and scared, but that's also really exciting. And what my dad did very well was um, during that transition or succession um, process is we we gathered a team of experts, the team of agronomists and marketers and accountants and lawyers and um, retailers and, and people that we do business with day to day because we need a second opinion and a set of different ideas and different lenses to look at things. And um, that has really helped. So we know that we can't do it all. We can't be everything. Um, but there are people out there that can really help, uh, especially in a time of need or when we uh, have a question or need a second opinion. Yeah, that's that's you should you should come talk to my class sometime, Leslie, <laughs> because that's exactly what I say. Leverage your relationships, leverage the 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 experts. They they're good at what they do. They are partners in your farming operation, and they can often help you identify blind spots. You know, we all have our own cognitive biases and having someone look and say, well, have you thought about this or thought about that or push back on things becomes critically important. So that's it's great to hear you talk about leveraging those relationships because I talk about it all the time, too. So outreach is an important part of your of, of what you do, uh, probably not of the farm operation, but you you have your high holds, uh, high heels and canola fields. You're active on social media. You have your blog. You, you have a you do a lot of speaking. Uh, why is that important to you? 
Oh, it's so important because it first started when we were selling our snack food and being in, you know, the downtown areas of cities. And I remember uh, one show where we were selling Martin Munchies and being in downtown Vancouver and hearing the questions that people had um, and how excited they were to meet a farmer. Some had never met a farmer, but then also it was a bit upsetting because sometimes I felt we were being attacked. Um, they would ask us uh, what type of farm we were and we were very transparent. And as soon as they heard we were one type, uh, we were called some really harsh names. And I really took that back and thought, wow, I didn't realize of the disconnect. And this was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And that was when I started to think or process what, um, what I could do or how I could help. Because on the farm, we have a three-legged stool, three-legged stool of trust in order for us to be able to farm. Um, the three-legged stool is the trust of each other and our family. The, and then the second leg is the trust of our community, those that we work with, um, those that we partner with. And then the third leg is the trust of consumers. And uh, those three legs are so important to our farm. And where I could help out was on the communication side and sharing our farm life and showing the successes and the wins and what farm life is all about, but then also the hardships and the struggles. So I started to do that about five years ago. And um, it's been such an incredible journey of sharing what we do and then hearing that feedback or developing that community and the questions and the people that I've met both in and outside of agriculture. Yeah, so, so tell me some of the things that you do. So on the, I first started to blog um, and I used the alias of high heels and canola fields because I thought that at the time that's who I was. I was in a downtown city, um, marketer, businesswoman, and then coming to the farm on the weekends. And it's really two passions. And I chose canola because of how modern, like when you think of the prairies in the summer, it's those bright, beautiful yellow fields. And canola has helped our farm during the hard times of um, being such a great cash crop and then the opportunities that it's done for the farm and um, modernizing the farm through zero, zero till and everything. Um, so I used that and then I, so I started to blog and then it's ventured into different channels on social media. I co-host a podcast called what the farm with a, a another farmer from down in the States. Um, and then I ventured out into speaking and sharing my story. So it's just opened lots of doors to connect with people and different audiences. Good. Well, thank you. So are there some challenges in that outreach? You talked about, you know, being in Vancouver and, and being uh, attacked and called some nasty things. Does, does that continue? Are there, are there some challenges relative to this outreach role that you've championed? Yeah, they're um, just like with every, um, for me, when I started, I didn't realize how it was essentially building a business um, or a platform. And I didn't realize the amount of time and energy it takes to build a community. Um, and then also how, yeah, when you put yourself out there, just uh, with anything that you can do on social media, uh, you may receive negative feedback or negative pushback. And wow, I um, didn't realize the amount of uh, some pushback that I would would get. I think after um, only launching four months into the blog, I 
I posted a, a story or um, a short piece about A, a and W, the differences of hormones. And it went viral. It was my first viral. I think before um, things went viral. Um, and I was afraid to leave the house. I didn't eat for three days. I uh, thought of maybe taking the blog down because I had no idea how just the impact and the how fast things can can move in, on social media. And with that came a lot of negative um, feedback. And when I I didn't realize that when people don't agree with you or your message, they they attack you, um, your physical appearance. They go behind and try to attack your website, try to take that down. Um, people were then attacking my profession, um, saying, you know, I will find out where you work, where you live, and I will come and get you fired. And yeah, so there's been lots of up and up, ups and downs. But what I learned is um, that there are amazing people out there that um, also love to hear those messages and learn from those messages and want to ask questions and I didn't die. <laughs> so I always yeah. learn, I always grow and uh, come out uh, stronger and knowing more through it. Yeah. I, I admire your strength. I, I, I mean, I don't have the, I don't have the, the profile that, that, that high heels and canola fields, but, but I have had pushback. I have had that online hate. I have had that troll, and and it's hard, and I I, I I commend you for sticking through it because I think it's an important important role. That's a perfect segue into the last topic I wanted to talk to you about, it, and and that's another passion of yours is mental health and agriculture. And we're hearing more and more about it. We're seeing more supports come in. Why is that important to you? Oh, it's so important to me because. Everyone in my family has had a mental health challenge or a mental illness, and we've gone through some hard times, uh, times where we didn't know much about mental health, and then we, we didn't know how to talk about it. We didn't know how to talk uh, to each other about it, or how to support each other, how to support ourselves. Um, we didn't know the stress that it could have on the farm and within our own relationships. And then we are, were also afraid to share and talk about it within our own community because of the stigma. And so that's where um, my husband and I shared a, a live video because we thought we, we can't be the only ones that have gone through this. Our goal through sharing a live video, so my, my husband is living with anxiety and panic attacks, mainly attributed to farm stress. I went through postpartum depression after our second boy was born. Uh, my brother lives with PTSD and anxiety. My sister um, was recently diagnosed of having borderline personality disorder. My dad, when he was battling cancer, he went through a state of depression and anxiety. So, yeah, we've gone through so much. But what we learned um, through our road together, our journey together as a family, was that mental health and learning more and talking more about it. Um, it's brought our family closer together because of it. So um, I share in the hopes that it helps others within our farming community to know that they aren't alone and that there are resources, great resources out there. It touches, it touches everyone. And, and, and I'm, I'm awestruck at your openness and your willingness to share. And, and I think that such 
probably the most important thing is removing that stigma, is being open about it. Look, I'm struggling. And and it's amazing to me how often a hand comes and, and says, I'm here to help. Just knowing that other people are feeling the same way uh, is, is so critically important. Part of what you've done in, 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 as an action uh, relative to, uh, to mental health in agriculture is uh, co-founding this Do More Ag. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so after my husband and I uh, shared our video and the amount of uh, feedback and reception that we received through that from all over the world and in and outside of agriculture, um, a fellow farmer and another friend and another Saskatchewan curler, we all got together and started to have conversations about um, uh, the need for this conversation to continue and what we could do. So um, one of the co-founders, Kirk Myers, a curler, he was raising funds for for a calendar and he wanted to donate the proceeds to mental health and agriculture. So he came to uh, one of the co-founders and myself, uh, Kim Keller and Himanshu Singh and uh, started to ask questions about where he could donate this money to. And as we started to do our research, we realized that there was, wasn't anything out there um, for our industry with regards to, to mental health, a mental health organization. So that's where we co-founded Do More Agriculture. And we are a not-for-profit uh, cross-Canada um, uh, organization that champions the mental health of our Canadian farmers and our agriculture community. And we do that by bringing awareness to mental health, um, sharing, uh, building that uh, community or that safe environment to have these discussions. And we have a hub of resources to build that community. You can go to the website to check out local, regional, provincial resources. And then we also bring those resources to our farmers and uh, egg communities. But then we also create if there are any gaps. And uh, yeah, so it's been four years and to see the positive steps our industry is making has been really inspiring. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's great. So they can, again, uh, some promotion, domoreag.com. Is that correct? It's a domore.ag. Domore.ag. Okay, good. Well, thanks. Well, uh, Leslie, this has been, uh, this has been amazing. I've, I've learned a lot, discovered a new admiration for everything you do. You must be I- incredibly busy and I admire the contribution you make more broadly, not just to the, to the farm that you're doing, but to the broader, both perception of agriculture and the awareness uh, which, uh, of mental health, which is, which is something that is near and dear to me. So thanks for taking the time. Uh, I hope we have an opportunity to talk again and uh, have a great day. Yeah, thank you for having me. And hopefully one day in person. <laughs> yes, uh, imagine that. That, that. that would be awesome. Thanks. <laughs> thank you. That wraps up another episode of the Food Focus podcast. We very much appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you just discovered Food Focus, you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a review. It helps others find us. Before we go, I want to thank my producer, Zach, for his hard work in making each episode sound good and for his original music that helps us transition. He does the hard work and we get to have all of the fun. Thanks. Have a great day.